You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go What's up, guys? You are listening to the TSR Podcast brought to you by the Scouting Report, where you can go to find your edge. I wanted to once again just say thank you for all of the support that TSR is getting from subscribers, listeners, players, and agents, as well as everyone that has come to me wanting to buy TSR merchandise. It has truly blown me away. I wanted to let you know that I will be making changes to the TSR t-shirts. I want to give you guys the best quality items that I can, so I will be switching to a different company that makes t TSR shirts so you guys can start letting me know what exactly you want. With all of that being said, Bo, let's get it started, my man, and go over these crazy two opening days of free agency. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You've been giving me a ton of information tonight when I was at work, my phone was blowing up and you were letting me know everything that was happening. So it's been a really exciting one. I don't I don't think there's been a free agency start that was this exciting in a long time. Do you remember one that's been this exciting? I can't. I, I, I mean, sometimes I guess with every season that comes around, you kind of forget about things like how free agency went. But like, it just seems like a lot of guys are up for contract this year. It, it just seemed like a special year with free agency. Yeah, man. Everyone, you know, lost their mind over the OBJ trade. Well, I guess that was last off season. Everyone lost their mind over that. Now we're just kind of eh. It was all right because all this new stuff's happened. But obviously, Bo, the biggest thing, and I still think it's the biggest thing to this point, is DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson switching teams. Um, I never expected to see DeAndre Hopkins leave the Houston Texans. And you know, I thought, we'll, yeah, I thought that was a lifer right there. Yeah, I thought he'd be there forever. I, I didn't imagine they would ever let that guy walk away being as talented as he is and always playing in Houston. So basically, guys, in the trade, the Texans got David Johnson, the running back from the Arizona Cardinals. They got a 2020 second-round pick and a 2021 fourth-round pick. The Cardinals got DeAndre Hopkins and a 2020 fourth-round pick. I think there's a clear winner in this trade, and I think that clear winner is the Arizona Cardinals. Are you with me on that, Bo? Oh, that's unanimous. Okay. So the way I see it is Kyler Murray, this guy is the reigning offensive rookie of the year. This guy has now got a clear-cut number one option in Hawkins, which is a receiver that every second-year quarterback wishes they could have. Imagine being a second-year quarterback in the league and DeAndre Hopkins is out there catching balls for you. Oh, it's just a safety net, basically. That's literally what it is. So you just gave the Offensive Rookie of the Year last year an unbelievable weapon. And, you know, I think it goes under the radar a whole lot how good of a season Kyler Murray actually had. He didn't play with a good offensive line last year. All due respect to Larry Fitzgerald, but he's getting up there in age. Christian Kirk is solid, but that's about it. David Johnson was not the same David Johnson that we've seen in the past last year. Obviously, Kenyon Drake was brought to the team. He did well with them in the time that he played for them. But I think Kyler Murray played really well with what he had to work with. So I think this just really helps him out a whole lot, and he's going to be able to grow a lot more having DeAndre Hopkins um, on his side, being able to throw the ball to him. So, But the way I also see this is this trade is also going to help the Arizona Cardinals deal with Larry Fitzgerald's possible retirement next year. I fully think that he is going to retire next year. I think, you know, 
he he's the type of guy that could come back for the next three years and say, oh, I'm gonna do it one more year. I'm yeah, that, I mean, good lord, he could play. He could play a long time if he I wanted mean, he, to. He's still playing well. The guy is he's just so yeah, good at it. Definitely his productive. Definitely. Yeah, very productive. Um the Cardinals have also this this is another thing that I, I think this is why the Cardinals have really won this trade. The Cardinals have also just shipped off just two draft picks and what seems to be an overpaid running back um to quite to pretty much get quite possibly the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah, they, I mean it, Whatever price tag they it was it was it was cheap. I mean it was I couldn't when I when I read what it was for I I just I felt like somebody got fleeced. I don't know what they were thinking. Well, I think a lot of it goes to Bill O'Brien. At times, I don't think he has any idea what he's doing. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I, I honestly I mean that. There's I'm a lot to, to be said that. for the head coach not being your your pretty much your GM. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. The thing that things that Bill O'Brien has done. I think, he struggles, I think he struggles with value. You know what I he mean? Does. Like, he does. Str- he struggles immensely with it. It's like uh, he just can't yeah. get a grip on what player is worth what. I, I think like, he knows DeAndre Hopkins' talent for sure, but I just think he struggles with the with the pick value in the draft, like what he's actually giving away, you know? And, and, and okay, say this was two years ago, Bo. Say this trade happened two years ago, and David Johnson was the David Johnson that we had been seeing. Yeah. Okay, maybe I understand a little bit more. Maybe, but, right? But maybe now, just right after he signed that contract, I could I could be with it. But now I don't see David Johnson has not been that guy that we all saw the 2016 season. He has not been him since then. Yeah, and no, it, it just has uh, not through not injuries. It just even being on the field, like I was telling you the other day, me and you were talking about it, but he has like a 3.6 yards per um rush average right now, which is 42nd among 43 um, qualified running backs. That's rough. It's awful. It's awful. So, you know, and at times he was healthy last year and Kenyon Drake was still starting in front of him. At times, David Johnson was third on the depth chart. So we'll see how this goes. As Bo has told me and, and always likes to inform me that, you know, players may, maybe sometimes just need a fresh start. So hopefully that that's what it is with David Johnson. I mean, hopefully yeah, all- definitely wish all the best for him for sure. But let's talk about the guy that the Arizona Cardinals just got, though, and DeAndre Hopkins. This guy is 27 years old, still firmly in his prime. He has four Pro Bowls already, and he's a three-time first-team All-Pro oh, at 27 he, years old. He's the best, man. He's, I mean, he's – well, Michael Thomas, I guess, is the best. But who, like, who are you taking? Who are you taking, right Michael there. Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, on the my spot. God. I really love DeAndre Hopkins when he's – I mean, when he's playing his best, man. I think he's – I think he's every bit the receiver that Michael Thomas is. I think, I think with the kind of, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'd run a Sean Payton offense. So I'd, I'd probably go with DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's pretty versatile. So here's my thing when it comes down to this. I saw a stat earlier that said DeAndre Hopkins was targeted 115 times and he had zero drops. That's wild. Like, how? I mean, you're playing against other extremely gifted and talented athletes, and you have no drops. Yeah, you're you know, definitely all... going against some of the best corners in the game. He's he's seeing, he's seeing the best every week. He's seeing the best every week. The best is going to play against him every week. He's getting week. double covered every week. So, and you you know some of those balls. Not all those balls are perfect. They're not perfectly placed. They're all no, they're all not. over the place. It's not, they they haven't drops. had the best offensive line blocking for Deshaun last few years. He's been no. he's been under under duress to say the least. And I think this is what 
I think that's also what makes it kind of a weird situation for me. Why get rid of Deshaun Watson's best safety net slash weapon? Why get yeah. why get rid of that when you already have struggles with this guy being on his back constantly? Obviously, yeah. Who's still there at receiving? You've got Kiki QT, who did well last year. He dealt with injuries. Will Fuller. Will Fuller is now your number one option. I'm not okay with that. I don't like Will yeah, Fuller. As I don't, I don't like that at all. I, I really don't. The guy's very, very quick. Um, has a hardly very, on the field. Very, very, very fast top gear, but he's hardly on the field. The guy's hurt constantly. Yeah, I mean, it's so, it's not. I don't like it. It's not that I don't like it because he can't play. He's he's great when he's out there. Do you know that DeAndre Hopkins has only missed two games in his entire career? I did not know that, but I can definitely believe that. He's a tough dude. Durability is huge, and we're going to talk about another player that um, durability pretty much got him paid um, yesterday. But I just – I'm not okay with the move. But, again, talking about Hopkins, this guy, since 2015, Bo, Hopkins ranked second in the league at wide receiver in receptions, receiving yards, and touchdowns. That I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all. And you don't get a first-round pick for him in return. You should. You definitely, you definitely should. should. You should be, but, or, or some, or some future first rounders like next year or something at least. So I, I don't, I don't know what Bill O'Brien was really thinking. And you know, when we were talking last episode, Bo, I said the tech, Texans were one explosive player away from a Super Bowl berth. I said they were one guy away, one explosive player, one talented option away from a Super Bowl berth. Now they are headed in the complete wrong direction. And I believe, I legitimately believe, they have taken a large step back as a team and as a contender. Do you agree? I, I agree. They've done a U-turn. <laughs> they're going the other way. They have on a different side of the highway now. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know what direction they're headed in at the current moment. Where do you see them as a team next year after this I'm move? Mi- middle of the pack. I think Deshaun Watson keeps them around eight wins. I mean, Deshaun I Watson's that talented. That yeah. That's good, guys. That's good that he can even get them eight wins. And that's that's great. Uh, that's great. That, yeah, that was not me talking crap. That's that's like that's if you don't have much around him, that's tough to do sometimes. And in that I, I, in that division, I mean, there's no telling eight and eight could keep you in it. And, and my question is, let, let's go back to the Bill O'Brien. Is he actually the worst? Because I think he's the worst. Let, let me run. Through what do you something. mean by the worst? The worst coach, okay, the, the worst, worst player, I guess personnel valuing, decision. I guess at like, valuing, valuing, valuing players and getting the right amount in return for a star or a talented athlete. Yeah, let let me not, run you through this. He's not a GM. The <laughs> Texans have traded away Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins and have not received a first-round pick for either one of them. That yeah. is dumbfounding. And the, they just need to have someone else doing that job. Yeah, I don't. I can't let him believe. let the coach coach. You know what I mean? I'm I'm gonna run you through this list real quick, Bo. The Houston Texans have now traded Jadavion Clowney, DeAndre Hopkins, a 2020 first round pick, a 2021 first round pick, a 2021 second round pick, and all they have gotten in return for those amazing picks and amazing athletes are a third round pick, a fourth round pick, Laramie Tunzel, Barkevius Mingo, and David Johnson. Golly, just getting robbed. Just getting robbed. I mean, absolutely robbed. Be ashamed of yourself. And you know, they say Bill O'Brien loves chaos. Well, you're not creating chaos for anyone else. I don't even know what that means. You love chaos. Like, how how can you love chaos when you're trying to? He loves, I guess, I guess, knocking things off tilt. 
making everything change, making everything be different. But all you're really doing is hurting your organization and hurting your chances at staying, um, having a job with the Houston Texans. Well, I agree. I mean, honestly, not just you. I mean, if, if your team's bad, your players are likely 50% of them not likely to be there the next year. If I'm just Sean Watson, I'm not very happy with O'Brien at all. That's all I'll say. I'm not no, happy. You know he's mad. I mean, they definitely didn't call him and talk about it first. He would DeAndre would still be there. But we, we just talked about a trade, Bo, that we neither one of us were expecting to happen. Well, let's talk about something else that we talked about a little bit, and we neither one of us really expected this to happen either. Tom Brady will not be returning to the New England Patriots, and it has pretty much come out at this point, and by the time most of you guys are listening to this, Tom Brady will be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. If everything goes as planned, Tom Brady will be playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this coming season, and by tomorrow he will have signed with them. So I have said since the beginning that I would not believe that Brady was leaving until it happened, and now it basically has. Um, Tom Brady came out on Twitter today and said that he will forever be a Patriot, but he will not be returning to the team. Um, Though reports were suggesting that the Buccaneers and Chargers both made offers that would have paid him $30 million annually, but it looks like Brady um, pretty much decided to go with Tampa go that direction how do you like the fit are you are you a fan of the fit what are you thinking i think it's i think it's the best fit i would say at least the most talented wide receiver group that he'll have had in 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 a number of years and i think as long as they can put a good running back there so that they can so they don't have to solely rely on brady to throw for four or five thousand yards you know, in a really good, you know, touchdown interception ratio, which, you know, you should you should hope he does anyway, but just so you don't have to rely on a, you know, a forty year old quarterback to get that done for you in in that manner. You know, give him some support, not just in guys on the outside. I mean, they can't run the ball for you. So I think the team has a responsibility to get someone in behind him to give him a little support. And running back's crucial in the pass block game. So I think he needs that and and he'll be set. And I'll really love the fit. So hear me out, Bo. Hear me out for a minute. So I think I, I do like the fit. I think that Tom Brady has a plethora of options and weapons around him. You've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard. Um, I think he will be able to fit right in with those guys, use those guys um, immensely. Yeah. So at running back, their best option is Ronald Jones. But something tells me, and this is just a gut feeling I have, that Tom Brady signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Buccaneers, when they were in um, meetings with him, I guarantee you the Buccaneers were like, look, we're bringing in a guy at running back. They got to. Like, I mean, could you not see them basically being like, look, we're signing Melvin Gordon too, and that pretty much butter it up even more and get Brady to sign? Yeah, that was was what I was, you know, hoping for them was that they would – they would go and they would choose try at least try their best to get Melvin Gordon in and really put something together, you know, fight that fight for that division and you know put up, kind of change the Tampa Bay narrative. You know what I mean? Put up a fight for a change. I feel like people just Tampa Bay just has always seemed like they just rolled over like it's and not run well. You know what I mean? And and now that Arians is there, they got Byron Leftwich calling the plays, which is going to be really fun with Tom Brady, like those two guys coming together every week to come up with a plan. With Tom Brady, I think that's going to be a blast. Yeah, I think that'll be a blast too. And, you know, like I said, I will not be surprised at all if tomorrow before four o'clock it comes out that Melvin Gordon has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't disagree at all. It could definitely happen. 
I think, I mean, imagine that offense, man. Imagine Tom Brady, Melvin Gordon, OJ Howard, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. I'm trying to think of any other free agent running backs that are out there that, you know, might make a splash down there. I don't, I don't know. For some reason, I'm just leaning heavily to Melvin Gordon. I just really, now at one point I was thinking, what if, hear me out. What if Melvin Gordon followed Phillip Rivers to Indianapolis? It'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. But I can see it. The Indian Army, the Colts it. have the money to spend. But they have Marlon Mack, though. They do have Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack is a, a very talented running back. But um, what's the division this year going to look like, man? What What do you think the division that you okay, you got the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Panthers, and um, oh God, I'm I'm blanking. The Saints, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, and the Falcons. Sorry, yeah. guys. Um, speaking of the Falcons, they just cut Devonta Freeman. Um, yeah. Just thought officially. I'd let you know that also. Officially. But. What is that? What, give me the standings. You think at the end of the year next year, who and who one, two, three, four? What are the um, standings going to look like at the end of the I season think next year? Based off the team that we already know is in place, I'm going to say the Saints got to be the favorite coming out, and then I'm going to I'm going to go Saints, Tampa Bay. This, this is in order: Saints, Tampa Bay, Carolina, and I think the Falcons are going to come up last. Okay, I'm I'm pretty much going to say I 100% agree with you. It was really hard for me for a minute. I don't want to give away too much of the podcast, but we're going to be talking about Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. Um, it was kind of hard for me. I think the Teddy Bridgewater-Christian McCaffrey pairing, I think that's a really exciting pairing that I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see those two guys on, on the field together and playing with each other. But I think there's too much talent on the Buccaneers team. It's I think they are a more talented team than the Carolina Panthers. And I think Tom Brady goes from one situation where he didn't have he, – he hasn't had the type of weapons that he's been used to to where he just goes somewhere that's just got an unreal depth of, of talent and um, weapons that he's going to be able to have. So I think Tom Brady goes to a good situation. He's with Bruce Arians. Me and you both talk oh, really yeah. highly of Bruce Arians too. So I think that's going to be a good fit. I, mean, I do think the Saints are the most put-together team in the can, division. Can you imagine how good Chris Godwin – and Mike Evans are going to be when they are on like Brady's timing, and like Brady is the best is the best anticipation quarterback in the game. Like he knows where you're supposed to be before you know before you're supposed to be there, and that's where he has the football. Those guys are going to get better throws than they've ever had. It's going to be something. I firmly agree. I firmly agree with that. Um, speaking of the Panthers, and let me ru- just run through the standings real quick before I get yeah. into this next. Uh, I'm going Saints. Buccaneers, Panthers, Falcons. I don't think the Falcons. Falcons have kind of been headed in the wrong direction for probably about three years now. Um, I think they're still kind of headed in the wrong direction. They just got rid of Vic Beasley, who is now signed with the Tennessee Titans. Um, They've got a lot of holes on defense and on offense, I believe, especially now at running back. I mean, I guess your top guy there now is Edo Smith. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see them contending. I don't see them contending. The Panthers made a solid move, a solid move with getting Teddy Bridgewater, but they've also let some other key pieces go. Um, I don't think they're ready to compete a whole lot in that division. So I think this is firmly between the Saints and the Buccaneers. But if I'm picking between the two, it is the Saints um, for the number one spot in that division. But, guys, speaking of the Panthers, so, Bo, me and you have been reading a whole lot today, and we talked about it quite a bit today. It's come out, things are getting pretty messy between Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers. Pretty much, guys, the Carolina Panthers have pretty much come out and said they are giving Cam Newton position, God, 
But here goes again. I can't talk about <laughs> permission to seek a trade and leave the team. However, Cam Newton has come out and said that he has been forced out of the organization. Cam is saying that they are changing the narrative and he never wanted to leave, but has instead been forced to pretty much look for a trade and uh, clear house. Um, during last season, Cam did talk about how he would never leave, and he pretty much did say they would have to trade him to get him out of the organization. Yeah. He, his quote, to be exact, was, they got to ship me off for me to leave. In order for me to leave, they got to get rid of me. It's not up to me. Now, obviously, it's something when one guy is saying it. But the problem I see here is you also have another guy who is really respected around the league, and Greg Olson, who was the former tight end for the Carolina Panthers, he has come out and said the same thing. He said that the team um, the team went through similar motions with him. His quote is, I never asked the team to let me go. I never said I didn't want to be part of whatever future direction they were going in. It just wasn't meant to be. It wasn't in their plans. So mm-hmm. and all I have to say to that, Bo, is I hope the Panthers aren't actually forcing these guys out of the house. Because I mean, uh, if they are, if they are, I just want to see why they can't have the decency to say like, "Hey, it's nothing personal. We're going in a different direction. We, we, you know, we wanted to part ways." I don't see why it's that hard. I mean, you're you're the business, you're the organization. I think they're putting the burden on the players. It's just it seems wrong. Well, the the worst thing about it is don't you know come like you said, Bo, come out and say it. If if you're planning on doing something and you know you're basically saying you're not in our future plans, okay, well come out and say that. Yeah. That, thank you for completely. thank you for thank you for the time that you played here, but you know we're, we're going to be going a different direction moving forward. But don't come out and change the narrative and say that it was the players that are leaving because that will turn fans on the players. Yeah, and I mean it's not like future organizations could really like. It's like, you know, this guy's requested trades from other teams. Like, do we want to get him and him be unhappy and just the first sign of, you know, bad things, to, you know, coming that he's just going to re- re- request a trade? You know, I mean, so it, it, it makes the player look bad all around. Yeah, I, I don't I hope this isn't true. If it is true, I've lost a, a solid amount of respect for the Carolina Panthers organization. If they're forcing guys out and then changing the narrative and saying that it's the player's fault. That's, it's it's not a good look for a new coach like that. It's really not a good look. It's really not. And, you know, like I said, you know, people can sit there and say that people have their well, own. He opinions was out on Cam. TV. He was out on TV defending Cam. Yeah, well, well see, that's true. But see, it's one thing when Cam Newton, and I'm not trying to say that I, I respect one guy more than the other one. I respect Cam Newton and Greg Olson equally. But my thing is, a lot of people have their own opinions about Cam Newton. I could see a lot of people when Cam Newton broke this news today saying, oh, well, he's just being dramatic. That's Cam Newton. You know, he's just he's 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 hurt emotionally. He's emotional. He's hurt. But when you got a guy like Greg Olson coming out, like saying, no, 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 Cam's right. This happened to me, too. And Greg Olson, you know, everybody loves Greg Olson. How can you not? I don't see Greg Olson coming to defend him and just lie with him. You know what I mean? I don't see that. That being something that Greg Olson would do, and I don't think Cam Newton's lying. I think this is happening to these two guys, and pretty much they've brought it to light that they aren't going to let this team act like it was them yeah. wanting out. I, I don't believe that. They have no reason to lie, my my opinion. You know, yeah, they have no reason to lie. But I am going to be really interested to see where Cam Newton ends up. I that's I don't think a lot of people are talking about that either. I'm actually really excited to see where this guy ends up. Could this guy possibly go to the Washington Redskins? Let's keep an eye on that. Is there a the, Ron Rivera reunion? Because I, think, I don't it. think it's out of the cards if they got the money. Like you told me, Bo, Thomas Davis just came out of retirement. He retired with the, um, it's the, it's the Rivera reunion. 
for a Rivera reunion. The old riverboat reunion. Riverboat Ron. So let's see. It. Is Cam Newton going to be in Washington? Let's see. I honestly cannot wait to see where this guy goes. Obviously, I've been extremely happy with where Greg Olson ended up. I love him playing with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. I hope he yeah, wins the Super Bowl great with them. Fit. I would love to see that happen for Greg Olson. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Cam Newton. But I, if and if all of this is true, I am really disappointed in the Carolina Panthers organization. Um, but we will see. Um, you know, Only, the truth yeah. will truth will come out. Everything well, will we'll, we'll find out. All the uh, only time will tell. And I can't wait to. I think maybe pretty soon. Don't they have to have the Cam situation figured out because he can't be on their books. That's right. So it's right? going to be pretty quick. We're going to be figuring out what's happening with Cam Newton. Pretty sure. But, guys, um, something else in the news that is not free agency um, directed. Changes are coming from the new CBA to the NFL. Um, a 17-game season is coming, not this year, but possibly as soon as the 2021 season. Um, also, and this is the biggest thing that, you know, Bo knows I'm really big about this. Uh, players will no longer be suspended for positive marijuana drug tests. This is huge, guys. This yeah. is huge. Y'all feel heard great. me. really feel great for them. Y'all have heard me rant about the opioid pretty much crisis that's going on in the NFL where players are getting addict to, addicted to them because they're being prescribed them epidemic. constantly. It's an epidemic. That's exactly what it is. They're being prescribed them to take care of their injuries, rehab, things like that. I've always been against it. I, I think it's an awful problem that the NFL has. And I've always said that you know players have come out and said that smoking marijuana helps them get through rehab, helps them with their anxiety. So this is huge. I'm so happy to see the NFL is moving yeah, in the right direction. It, it gets them off the sleeping pills. But someone brought this up to me, Bill, and I have got to ask this question. What does this mean? How do you feel about this happening now if you're Josh Gordon or Martavis Bryant? Oh, man. I mean, I feel bad for them completely. So what do you think there's any chance that Josh Gordon can come to the NFL and be like, okay, so am I going to like get reinstated? Like, like, am I good now? Like, you know, you probably. Know what I'm saying? Like, like probably. I feel like there's got to be a good chance. Like, how can Roger Goodell say the, the no door has me? to be open for a conversation at least? It has to be open. It has to absolutely be open. And you know, I'd be very happy because the biggest thing was Josh Gordon took himself out of the NFL because he had anxiety issues and he co- actually could not stop Mar- smoking. Martavis's was the same thing. He Martavis was seeing therapists and he was depressed and like he was he has emotional problems just like. Josh Gordon, not everybody can just just put that stuff to the side, you know what I mean, and, and, and compartmentalize. You know, some people need to see therapists. Some people get overwhelmed by everything. And Martavis Bryant and Josh Gordon are both that type of person. There's nothing wrong with it, but it 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 cost them their careers. It, it really did. It 100 percent cost them the their careers. The rule book did, really. The rule book did. And the rule book's now changing, which An I outdated think outdated like, rule book. An outdated, absolutely. Great, great way to say it. I think Josh Gordon and Martavis Bryant, if Martavis, Martavis Bryant may be like, no, I'm done. Like, you know, I've made my money, whatever. But I, I do firmly believe that Josh Gordon still wants to play NFL football. And I think he took himself out because he felt like he had to. Yeah. I hope that he tries to get back in. We all know how talented this guy is. I, I really hope that at least Goodell will be open to conversations now because there should be. There sh- they should have the green light He'd to open. He play the whole season if he was healthy. Exactly, exactly. And they're also changing the dates in which drug tests can be used too. Yeah, it's only certain like first two weeks of training camp and something else, right? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know the other one. I can't yeah, think of it. I can't remember either. It's um, like towards the end of the year, though. 
Yeah, guys, please look it up. It's it's a lot of really good information about the new CBA. Yeah, there's Me, so much in it to look up and read. Like oh, it was, a, so, I think it was a 400 page thing they gave the players to read, and they had like a week to do it when they gave it out to them. Do you and want to know what? Pretty messed up. Do you want to know what else upsets me, bro? That I found out 500 what? NFL players didn't even vote. Well, that's so messed up. I can't believe it wasn't mandatory, but I mean, I guess you can't make them do something. And you know, a, a lot of players have come out and said, for all of you guys that haven't come out and voted, like you know, you may have screwed over fellow teammates, you may have screwed over yourself. That's a lot of players. That's a lot. Five hundred. Some guys aren't comfortable guys with making decisions for their peers at all. You know. Yeah. But I, I think I think going to your peers and saying you didn't have a position looks worse. Oh, I think it looks looks a whole lot worse. You got to stand for something. Some. I mean, I thought I thought maybe a few guys wouldn't, but five hundred yeah. that blew me away, and I'm really upset to honestly see that because I think these guys should really care about what what happens. I mean, they are they are really making decisions here on this boat, with which could change I, their lives. This is a this might be an odd take, but I also think. I think 10 years is too long to have this discussion every time. I think you should be like I five. Think this, I'd say five. I'd say five. five. five you know, to six I just years. think 10 years is a decade, man. Look at what's happened since 2010 and now and how, how crazy a difference it was between uh, 2000 and 2010. A lot happens. Things a change lot. a lot. You know, and it's like guys suffer for so long over it, you know, and things could be fixed a lot quicker. It really could be fixed a lot quicker. I, I think a decade is a little bit long, too. I, I took note of that as well. But um, we'll see if they change it. I don't expect them to because they're already changing no. enough. Um, and I, The NFL, believe it or not, guys, does not like change. That's so, why it's 10 years. <laughs> that's why it's 10 years. Exactly. Um, also, guys, one we're so pretty much, guys, we're um, covering the three biggest changes that I thought was the biggest or the most exciting changes. I thought the player's not getting suspended for positive drug tests anymore or marijuana drug tests, uh, for that mm-hmm. matter, um, was huge. The 17-game season coming soon. And also the third thing being the playoffs are getting expanded. Starting this year, a seventh team is being added to the playoffs in each conference. There will now be six wildcard games, and only the number one seed will have a bye week, which I think is awesome. I think that makes it twice as competitive. I think the the last quarter of the season is so much more important now, and it makes more people want to watch it and really be zoned in. So I really, really like that they have done it and made the number one seed that much more important. Yeah, I think I think it's a great idea. I think some people didn't like it because obviously they uh, they don't like change, but I think it's great. I mean, more action on on wild card weekend, more action. Period. I just don't. I don't get how that could be bad in any way. Oh, oh I mean, who who doesn't love extra playoff football? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see it. That make any sense to me. But I, I'm happy with those three changes. I was also happy with a lot of the other changes. I'm just not, you know. Me and Bo are on a, on a time frame here. We can't get everything in. We're trying to get the biggest stuff out to you guys. Um, also, moving forward, guys, there are changes coming to the NFL offseason due to the coronavirus pandemic. Franchises are now prohibited from bringing free agents to any team facility. Team employees also cannot travel to meet in person with free agents, which changes the game up a little bit. Also, NFL OTAs are delayed indefinitely. We do not know at this time when they will begin, which also is huge. It's, it's especially huge for t- players that are changing teams. Yeah, pretty big deal. Because a lot, a lot of the stuff going on during OTAs is you working on chemistry with your new teammates. 
Yep. So this could this could hamper some of the relationships um, and, and make it, you know, it's gonna make the rookies transition a little bit the harder. Rookie transitions could be harder. Maybe you don't get on par with your quarterback if you're a receiver or a tight end until later on in the season. Right? I mean, I, I just hope some guys take it upon themselves to get together in small groups and work. Well, half the time you see in OTAs, players don't even attend, which I've always been against. I think it's kind of ridiculous just to not show up. But hey, you know these guys. I mean, dude, some guys don't. They don't need to be there. Some guys don't. But then there's some guys that you know should be there. You don't need your 36 year old quarterback hanging around doing all those extra reps. Okay, I agree with that. But then you have the guy, and I'm not going to mention any names, but you guys are probably going to be able to do a pretty good guessing game of who I'm talking about. There have been guys in the past that are, instead of hanging out with teammates, they're instead pursuing some type of rap career. or mm-hmm. um, or well, something, You know, you know how, how hard it is for the younger guys and like the guys who aren't starters to get reps in training camp and, and, and during the week, during the season. Some of those, the, the, the young guys that make it from, say, the rookie minicamp all the way through the whole season – those rookie minicamp reps are huge. Oh, they are huge. huge, man. They're bigger than a lot of people like understand. You know, the average fan mm-hmm. that just watches the NFL doesn't it's understand. It's hard to quantify. It really is hard to yeah, quantify. It really is. They're so important. Those extra couple of reps can help you tremendously. The, the difference in one rep could cost you a game in the NFL. Absolutely. Easy. Absolutely. Um, guys, real quick, we are going to move on to pretty much the biggest segment of today's podcast um this is going to be the major moves and signings around the nfl um this so like again i said you know we are trying to hit on the biggest stuff that has happened we cannot go through everything because we just do not have time so we are going to bring up the biggest signings moves that have gone on in the nfl um up to today which will be Tuesday, and we will be able to um, just break them down for you guys a little bit and explain what we think about them. The first thing, Bo, is the Miami Dolphins are going on an absolute spending spree. Absolute spending spree. Retail therapy. Guys, I'm going to break down the guys they have signed and how much they have paid each one of these guys. The Dolphins have signed Byron Jones to a five-year, $82.5 million contract. Kyle Van Noy to a four-year, $51 million contract. Eric Flowers to a three-year, $30 million contract. Shaq Lawson to a three-year, $30 million contract. Emmanuel Ogba to a two-year, $15 million contract. And just recently, Jordan Howard to a two-year, $10 million contract. So, bro, let me do this. Let me do the math real quick. Let's see. I'm at that's that's over two hundred million dollars. I believe you to be the math guy here. That's over two. That's probably not the best idea. But that's nope, over two hundred. You're better than dollars. me. Promise you that. I don't know. That's that's a that's a strong statement. But that if, if my math is correct, it's over. It's over two hundred million dollars. It is. It's a that lot. They, that they have get. They have pretty that much. They have committed themselves to. They have committed themselves to. Uh, over the next two or three from, years. From anywhere from to two to five years. Yeah, exactly. They're they're now in in possession of, I would say, still the most draft picks in the next two drafts and the two highest paid corners in the NFL right now. Of course, in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, because I, I think Xavier Howard is on five years, seventy two mil. That's right, and I think both of those guys deserve the money. Both of them. Oh, I don't. No, th- I don't sure. think they overpaid either one of them. Well, they released like, Rasheed Jones, who they also paid big a few years back too. So let's let's think about because there's shot. some people. There's some people coming out saying right now that Byron Jones has been overpaid. I don't agree with I that. Mean, Eighty-two million is a lot of money, but okay, I, I don't think he's been overpaid though. I would say that that is not what I anticipated him getting paid, but 
he was going to get in that ballpark. So, no, you're probably right. So, again, guys, the Dolphins have made Byron Jones the <laughs> highest-paid quarterback in the NFL with an $82.5 million contract with $57 million guaranteed. Um, this guy was drafted first round, um, 27th overall in the 2015 NFL draft by the Cowboys. What's huge about this, and when I, and I was talking about durability earlier, when you want to commit a lot of money to a player, you want them to be durable. You don't want to pay a guy a whole lot of money and him miss half of the time that you've, you've pretty much paid him to play for you. So let's yeah. talk about Byron Jones. Byron Jones is extremely durable. He has played in all 16 games in all but one year. And like I said, durability That's is important. Huge. That's huge. It's huge, man. And I, I think he only missed two to three games in the uh, that one year. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's that's what else can you ask for? I mean, what else can you ask for? The guy has I mean, been a stud. Be on the field. You, there's there's two things in the NFL you got to be is is consistent and and reliable, which is being on the field, durable. You know what I mean? You can be and, consistent and, in your play and be out there and playing. And, Bo, in last episode, me and you were talking about Byron Jones. I, I told you that, that a guy came up to me and pretty much told me that Byron Jones is the best corner in the NFL. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, he, it, he's, he's up is there. it debatable? He's yeah, it's, it's debatable. It's 100%. It's always I mean, it debatable. depends on the day and the matchup and everything. It's definitely debatable. But he's been so durable and so consistent. That's what a lot of people, I think, overlook they see a lot on the stat sheet in one year and they're like oh well, this guy's the best corner that's not how it is if you've been consistently one two three best corner in the nfl and you're also durable you have a very good chance of being the you're best gonna corner. get you're gonna get 80 million dollars you're gonna get 80 million dollars that's what's gonna happen and that's what's yeah. happened for byron jones um Guys, also, Stephon Diggs, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, has been traded to the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, in the trade, got Stephon Diggs in a 2020. This is how a team should trade. This is how a team should trade, right. Think about the DeAndre Hopkins situation. This is value. (laughs) This is how it should have been. This is perfect value. The Bills got Stephon Diggs in a 2027th round pick. Minnesota gets a 2021st round pick, a 2025th round pick, 2026th round pick, and a 2021 fourth round pick. That's solid. I'm all game for that. And sign me up. Sign me up. Sign me up to be the Vikings. Can, can we yeah. think? Let me break this down for everybody to put it. I don't think probably, there's probably some people that are still listening that haven't gotten the message yet. So, Stefan Diggs was just traded, and he there was a first round, a 2020 first round pick that they got for him. The best thing that they got for Stefan Diggs was a 2020 first round pick. Stefan Diggs has never been an All Pro player, and he's never been in a Pro Bowl. I will That's say it again. They, they just got a first-round pick. D-Hop for, All-Pro this year? Okay, D-Hop is a three-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, and is only 27 years old. He's still in his prime, and they didn't get a first-round pick for him. That's showing you how bad Bill O'Brien does not know value. That's it. That's it. Ding, ding, ding. Yahtzee. Ding, ding, ding. You just got yeah. a guy that is lesser of a wide receiver than DeAndre Hopkins. A they, lot less. A whole lot less. I'll say it. Stephon Diggs is a good, a good. He's a fantastic route runner. He, he obviously everyone he's remembers the miracles. Tenacious. He's willing. He's willing to do the job, but like he's not on the level with DeAndre Hopkins. Nah, no close. Anyone like, that wants to come here, anyone that wants to come at me and say that he is, I'll break it down real quick and easy for you. It'll be a short conversation. Yeah, that that won't last long. So just to, to share that still they, on it after we talk. I don't even want to listen to you talk football at all. So my thing is if. You can get a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs, 
and you not get one for DeAndre Hopkins, that it that sums it up right there. That sums up everything right there. But, guys, let's talk about this trade a little bit. So, now the Bills are now the team to be in that division. Tom Brady has now left. It's time for the Bills to make their run. I firmly believe. The Bills were showing they are definitely an up-and-coming team last year. Josh Allen is uh, Josh Allen is a very talented quarterback. They ha- already had solid pieces. Yeah, they've lost a couple of guys on defense due to trades. But I think this is an sh- extremely talented team. Truly, I do. Josh Allen just got a premier number one target, and he still has John Brown as the number two. Solid depth at tight end. Solid depth at running back. Josh Allen even it's came there. out and tweeted, he Josh Allen even came out and tweeted, you dig on you Twitter. Dig. You dig after the trade for Diggs, showing he is fully on board with this. As yeah, Bo said to me, as Bo said to me, the Bills are in position to own it in this division. And if they don't, it is on them because they are the most talented team in that division now. Yeah, it's, it really is going to be up to them completely. I mean, the Dol- you can't expect the Dolphins to just put the, a band, a new band of Musketeers together, just no. brand new team, and just come out if they and win that division. I mean, the Jets, the Jets had a good home record, but it's it's just it's the Jets, and you're not going to depend on the Jets to win that division. Okay. And I'm not I'm gonna let's let's keep our you know let's keep a we're gonna stay level headed about this. Like you said, they're in position to own it, but. Say the Patriots make a crazy move at quarterback. You know, imagine. I mean, what 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 could Bill Belichick do with Andy Dalton? You know, if That's say they question. go something like that, you know what I mean? How, how many wins could they get out of that with their de- with what's left of their defense? Uh, all right, you know? let's break this down. Who who is the most likely quarterback you see going to the Patriots? I know this is a very wide open question because it rumors is. have been short and far, far and in between with with what quarterbacks end up with the Patriots. But, okay, let's say who is think, the best quarterback you see the Patriots getting? Look, I think I'm going to say I'll put two names up there that I think is Nick Foles or Andy Dalton probably. Okay. I mean, and and those are guys are also, you know, I don't see like Jameis Winston doing it, not to mention I don't see them paying money that Jameis Winston's going to come with. I think Jameis Winston's going to come with a pretty hefty price tag, wouldn't you say? I, I, I definitely. I mean, this guy's yeah. a number one overall pick. Yeah. I, I don't see it. He wants his money. They're, they're not. I don't think they're paying over 25 for a quarterback to play this year. Okay. So an, answer doing, me this. Do you think not the record, 24. <laughs> do you think the record the Patriots would have differs that much, whether it's Andy Dalton or Nick Foles? Be no. honest. Okay. I don't think so either. I think they get either one of those guys. Maybe one guy wins one game more, one game less, give or take. But I think it's pretty much the same. Um, Okay, so tell me this, Bo. Say they get either Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, the Patriots do. What are the standings in that division at the end of the year? I think the Bills are going to come back around with another probably about 11-win season, 12-win season. And so I'll say the Bills are going to win the division. And I think I'm I'm not going to count the Patriots out yet. Bill Belichick's he's a winner. He's the best coach ever. So I'm going to go with – the Patriots in second out of respect for Bill Belichick. And then I'll say Dolphins, Jets. And that's just because I don't believe in the Jets. I don't believe in Adam Gase. Okay, that's exactly what I would have done. I believe the One, Jets got ball players out there, but I just don't believe in Adam Gase. Okay, I don't believe him either. So I, I'm going Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets. That's exactly how I see it playing out too. So we're two for two, Bo. We've done the exact yeah. same thing Dolphins twice. just going to have to earn our respect, I think, man. Well, they are, but obviously the Dolphins are putting stuff in place for what I believe the arrival of Tua. 
They're getting everything yeah. because let's think about let's think about what they're doing. Let's literally think about what they're doing. The Dolphins are signing all these guys to big contracts, right? Yeah. But let's let's keep that star quarterback on his rookie one, just like the Chiefs did with with Patrick Mahomes. They yeah. put a lot of money into these Pretty other players to. to get. But let's get that rookie contract for the quarterback, yeah. a talented quarterback. They just won a Super Bowl by doing that, running with that blueprint. I think the Dolphins are thinking of doing the same thing. So I think they will be bringing in Tua with the fifth overall pick in the 2020 draft, and they're already going to have some stuff in place. I think they will also draft a talented wide receiver and maybe even a running back. The so Dolphins we got the right guys in there making decisions. I think they know what they're doing this time around. Like we talked about, their, their GM uh, – there's, I think his, uh, when he was a kid, grew up around Bill Parcells. His dad was like worked with Bill Parcells. And so he's going to be him and Brian Flores together, who came up under uh, Bill Belichick, who's also a Parcells, uh, you know, tree descendant or whatever you want to call it. He's part of that coaching tree. I mean, he's got, there's so much Patriots in that room. There you is. I mean, there's so much chestnut checkers in that room. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty good. I, th- I think the Dolphins, they're in the driver's seat. It's up to them to turn it around. It's going to be, yeah. it's going to be pretty cool. It's it's definitely up to them. Guys, um, pretty much it's been a lot of – some of the bigger moves have been the uh, wide receivers um, in the NFL. Now, I promise you guys that I'm not bringing this up because they are my favorite team. I promise you. But next we're going to talk about the Bengals franchise tagging A.J. Green. Um, A.J. Green is projected to earn $18.3 million um, during the 2020 season. That is per over the cap. Um, Durability has been a concern recently for Green. He missed all of the 2019 season with an ankle injury and was limited to just eight games in 2018. Um, Like I said, this isn't just big news because I'm a massive Bengals fan, I promise. This is big news because of Joe Burrow, of of the Joe Burrow situation. That's why it's big news. Joe Burrow is big news. So anything that happens with the team most likely to pick him is big news. That that That's just what it is. That's what it is. So it was rumored that Burrow pretty much informed the Bengals that he wanted AJ to return if he was going to be playing quarterback for them. I mean, what, what quarterback what? wouldn't – What? yeah, that's pretty much what he said. It's rumored in a team meeting that he was really wanting them to bring AJ back if he was going to come play quarterback for them. <laughs> okay, that came out during the combine because let's, let's let's think about it. People were already saying that he was kind of iffy about playing for the Bengals, right? Yeah. So I mean, how much? Le- I think that was a- smoke, though. It could have been smoke. It absolutely could have been smoke. But then again, would you really see a guy saying, "Yeah, instead, get rid of my best option. Don't keep him." No, absolutely. You know, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So I I could see it either way. It, it could just be smoke. I just don't it, see. I don't see a a kid making dem- making demands. <laughs> Well, pretty much he was basically telling them that he would like for AJ to return. Let's not say he demanded it. He yeah. would like to be playing with AJ. He came out, and it was actually a quote at the combine, and it, it, it it's video evidence of it. He came out and said that he hopes to be playing with AJ Green next season. So oh, I would too. I think bringing AJ Green back gives Burrow a great selection of weapons to play with his rookie season. I mean, and really, it does. You look at the depth chart if AJ when since AJ Green is coming back. It's Joe Burrow at quarterback. Running backs are Joe Mix and Gio Bernard, two solid running backs. You have A.J. Green, a solid number two option in Tyler Boyd, and we'll see, we'll wait and see for about the third year in a row with John Ross. Tight end could use some work. I think we may dive into the tight end um, class a little bit. We did draft Drew Sample in the second round last year, which I think 
was an awful pick, but hopefully it pans out. He's more of a blocking tight end. But um, I think there are good good weapons there, good tools for Joe Burrow to use if and when he is drafted by the Cincinnati uh, Bengals. Um, guys, also the Panthers have signed quarterback Teddy Bridgewater. Um, Bridgewater is finalizing a three-year, $60 million contract. Uh, Bridgewater last year completed 68% of his throws for 1,400 yards and nine touchdowns with just two interceptions in the nine games that he started. Um, that's really good. Let's just start off yeah. with that. Let's just start yeah. off with that. It's and honestly, good. honestly, in my opinion, this is the first thing I'm going to say. Honestly, in my opinion, Bo, I can't tell whether the Panthers are in full tank mode or not. Because be- they are. before this move, they were, you know, they they had lost Luke to retirement. Greg Olson. They apparently they forced Greg Olson out. Um, well, I think it was earlier. Was it earlier in the year? Brad, so Bradbury left as well. They didn't want to pay Bradbury, who also, who as a matter of fact, went out and got paid. Oh got, yeah, I mean, big time, good paid. money, big time money. Um, like, I I think I don't know how much of that I would have actually paid he him. He got but three years, forty five mil. That's a lot of money. I, I don't know if I would have paid guaranteed. I don't think I would have guaranteed $27 million. You want to know the Giants are throwing around money this year, this offseason, too. And that's hey, who paid him. They're throwing it around like they can waste it. So we'll, we'll yeah. see how all that goes down with them. But Teddy Bridgewater, the Panthers, so like I was saying, I can't tell if they're tanking or not. The the moves that were happening earlier, I thought they were full tank mode. I thought they, they had a new head coach coming in, right? They had uh, Luke Keekley, the, the star of that defense. what The glue to that defense has now retired. Um, the Cam Newton situation, you know, he's been beat up a whole lot. They also shipped out a younger offensive tackle, a good offensive tackle for an older one. In no, a trade, so I don't that understand trade so that weird. trade. I don't understand. So I was like, okay, well, they've got to be tanking. But then they go out and get probably the best young quarterback on the market. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm all for the move. I think it's a great move for, for the uh, Panthers. I really I, do. I think it's a it's a better value. So twenty mil a year versus probably like you know twenty five to thirty. They now have a franchise cornerstone with Christian McCaffrey. A talented quarterback and a new head coach calling the shots. I love the direction the Panthers are heading in. Whether I'm completely wrong about the direction they're heading, I may be. But yeah, I, whatever they're doing, I'm liking it. I'm enjoying that's the fun, it. That's the fun in this is that we get to guess right now, and then we get to find out. Exactly. I'm along for the ride. So, so yeah, I, I'm absolutely. all for Matt Rule as a new head coach. I think he brings an amazing system. Yeah, I think they're going to do great with him. I just love the energy that guy ha- guy had in his press conference. You I think cannot... that's the div- you think that's the division to watch next year? Of oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. How can you it know, not? Brady be? joining and everything. I think it oh, is. It's got to be. It's got to be. Tom yeah. Brady now comes in the division with yeah. a guy who just ho- now holds pretty much all the quarterback records with Drew Brees resigning. Yeah. There's pretty much three Hall of Fame quarterbacks starting in there. I mean, Matt Ryan might make the Hall of Fame one day. You never know. I mean, let's let's really think about. It. I mean, that that division's always been a ton of fun. I think it just got even more fun. Oh, absolutely. It's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. But but like I said, guys, I'm really happy to see where the Panthers are heading. I, I like the move a whole lot. You know, it would have been a good move for any team that needed a quarterback to um, sign Teddy Bridgewater. So so that's an A plus in my book, 100. percent Bo, in other news, the Colts have traded for DeForest Buckner and signed Phillip Rivers. Um, that news, Phillip Rivers just broke today. DeForest Buckner, the mo- the uh, news broke Monday. 
Um, so the Colts acquired the defensive tackle from the San Francisco 49ers for the 14th, I mean, excuse me, the 13th overall pick in the 2020 draft. Um, they will also take on a contract that pays Buckner $20 million, $21 million annually, which is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, I, I'm all right with this trade. What, what do you think about this trade? Are you for this trade? I, I don't know if it's a huge win for the Colts, but I, I'm, I'm all right with it. I don't, yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, it, he's definitely going to help them a lot. I mean, they like they got they just got their quarterback situation underway. I mean, I think they need they need to secure their defense so that Philip Rivers isn't in the same position he was in in L.A. having to force his way into games, you know, trying to outscore everybody. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think that they need to put a defense with him so that he doesn't have to do too much. That's that's like I think this is a situation a lot of these older QBs are trying to get into where they're not going to have to carry as much. Exactly. And get paid I mean, while they're doing it. I mean, why would you want to have to carry more than you have to? Why would yeah, at, you? At 37 years old, 40 years old, you know? So, the, basically what I'm starting to see is the Colts have a really solid, young foundation. Let's think about the, the top, probably the top four players on their roster. That age-wise and, uh, and you know, by talent. Quentin Nelson, who's 24 years old. Darius Leonard, who's, Darius Leonard, God, I cannot talk. Um, who is 24 years old, DeForest Buckner, who is 26 years old, and Marlon Mack, who I believe is 25 years old. Um, I may be wrong with Marlon Mack. I was pretty, I'm pretty certain I'm right with the other three, but Marlon Mack, I may be wrong. I'm saying he's 25 years old. Um, but let's talk about DeForest Buckner. So, guys, a lot of people, I don't think DeForest Buckner is a household name yet. I really just don't think he is. He probably should be, but what he's able to do, but a lot of people don't probably can't put a face with DeForest Buckner. No. DeForest Buckner over the past two years, guys, has 129 tackles, 26 tackles for a loss, tw- 19 and a half to be exact. So almost 20 sacks and 34 quarterback hits. That that's that's monster stats right there. It's no and there's just no guarantee if they went interior at 13 they'd get that. So I like I like when you trade for some guy you know is going to come in and to perform for a high pick. I, I mean, this is going to sound biased because I was I'm all for the Minka Fitzpatrick trade in Pittsburgh, but it, it I think it's great. I mean, you're you're getting a sure thing. Yeah, you are getting a sure thing. Hopefully, you know, God willing, he stays healthy. Yeah, players can regress, but he's pretty good. I don't think he's going to regress. But and, and then as for Philip Rivers, you know, Philip Rivers has now signed a one year deal with twenty five million dollars with the Colts. Um, he had forty six hundred passing yards in twenty nineteen. He's an eight eight time Pro Bowler. Um, he gets to try to lead a talented Colts team to the playoffs and possibly a Super Bowl. I love that. Philip Rivers, you know, a lot of times. I think Philip Rivers got the better end of the deal than Tom Brady did. Tom Brady went from, you know, winning six Super Bowls with the Patriots and always being successful to, okay, now you're with the Buccaneers. Yeah, it's a talented team, but they, they weren't a winning team last year. Okay. Yeah. But Philip Rivers just went from an extreme. Now, now the Chargers were not a winning team last year, but they've always been uber, uber talented. The Chargers oh, yeah. were. The, the, Chargers the rosters were, always look so good on paper. Exactly. The, the Chargers were a more talented team than the Patriots last year. I'll come out right now and tell you that. Yeah. They just, they just, you know, they get out coached. The 100% the Chargers were a better team talent wise than the New England Patriots. Absolutely. No uh, question about yeah, it. When you look, if you get a, if you get a program and you look at the rosters on paper, you would think so for sure. And then now he goes to the Indianapolis Colts who were a huge pick to be a contender last year until uh, they knew their starting quarterback, Andrew Luck. Until Andrew Luck retired, 
The Colts yeah. are my Super Bowl pick. I thought they were going to be pretty good, yeah. So, you know, I think Phillip Rivers has found himself in another great situation, and I can't wait to see this guy. He's already familiar with the head coach. He's already familiar with the offensive coordinator. I can't wait to see this guy possibly try to lead them into the playoffs. I think they will make the playoffs and, and try to make a run at a Super Bowl. That's, you know, that's what he's been striving for. He That's the one thing Phillip Rivers is missing is the Super Bowl. Yeah, he wants to get back at the playoffs. <laughs> So I, I can't wait to see how this um, all works out for Phillip Rivers. I, I really can't. Um, I like that. I like that head coaching marriage too. Him oh, it's awesome! Wright. It's fantastic. And now Phillip yeah. Rivers, you know, there were some struggles along the same. Uh, I mean, God, I almost said San Diego. The um, Los Angeles Chargers offensive line last year. The Indianapolis Colts have a great offensive line. Yeah, and, and it's led by one of the 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 great. I think he's going to be an all time great when it's all said and done. Um, great young stars at guard and Quentin Nelson. So I, sure. I and Quentin Nelson. The the thing I love about that marriage with the the offensive lineman and the quarterback is Quentin Nelson. If you've ever heard this guy mic'd up, he's always yelling, screaming, hitting people. He's kind of like a madman. He likes to talk a whole lot. What well, Philip Rivers does too, so they can talk together. And they uh they they locked down Anthony Costanzo for three years also the 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 tackle. So they that line staying together. So I, I like that. Philip Rivers should be should be very very happy with the situation that he is walking into. Absolutely, um, guys. They, we're gonna talk. I look at them to go in the receiver pool, maybe too. Oh, they definitely will. They definitely will. What, what receiver do you see them taking? I will see. They're going to be taking thirty fourth, right? I see. I see T Higgins. Yeah, if if he's around, yeah, for sure. I mean, something like that, or I could see into the Jalen Riegers of the world, stuff like that. Denzel Mims. Um, yeah, like T. Higgins. If I don't, I don't know if Justin Jefferson's still gonna be on the board that late. The the only reason I like Jalen Rieger a lot, but the only reason that I would rather go T. Higgins is because T. Higgins is the big bodied guy that they yeah. don't really have right now. Um, you know, T. Y. T. Y. is bigger than um, Rieger, but he's not quite as big and as long as uh, T. Higgins. Yeah, I, and they already last year. You know, they drafted Paris Campbell out of Ohio State. Who's a, a speedy guy, versatile? Um, you know, I think he. I liked that Pascal kid they had too. Zach Pascal, I think was his Zach name. Zach Pascal was good. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. actually he, very, very, very good actually last year, and yeah. very limited snaps. People, yeah, I, you know, I sit here and I say very good, and people are gonna be like, no, no, he wasn't. Like I don't see him anywhere in like the league <laughs> leaders. That's not what I mean. He yeah. did very good in limited um, time on the field and limited snaps. But I think Paris Campbell meets the. Um, the same category that Jalen Rieger does. So I could see them going more for a big bodied, bigger yeah. body receiver in T. Higgins. You just never know what's going to be up on the board come that pick. You, you never know. T. Higgins may not even be there. They have to go a different yeah. direction. Yeah. Um, but anyway, guys, let's talk about another team that has now locked down two players as well. The Dallas Cowboys have franchise tagged Dak Prescott and have paid, and I say that in all caps, paid Amari Cooper. Um, the Dallas Cowboys signed Amari Cooper to a five-year, $100 million contract, which includes $60 million in guaranteed money. Um, Amari set career highs with 1,200 yards, 15 yards per reception, and eight touchdowns last year. Um, get paid, young man. That's big all I money, can say. Big money, big money. Big money, big um, money. Jerry is doing good keeping these core players in Dallas. Like we talked about it a ton, Bo, that I think Jerry has a great core of players right now, and I don't think there's a team in the NFL that has a play has a, a core of these three caliber players on their team. I think this is the best 
core or best trio in the NFL. Let's put it that way. I think this is the best trio in the NFL talent was. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick by. I like the Saints trio. So so all right. Nope. We're gonna have to argue this real quick. Sorry guys, I didn't see this one coming, but we're gonna have to do it. All right. So Drew Brees, I'm taking, yeah, this, I'm is, this is Jack. worth it for the sake of arguing. This uh, is worth uh, it. All right, this is this is worth it. All right. So what, Drew Brees, where do you see him as a top five quarterback in the league right now? I mean, he's de- I would say all time. He's easy. No, he's no, no. We got to talk about right now. We're talking about right now, present day. Where is he at right now in the NFL? Uh, I say top ten, top ten, top seven, top okay. seven, top seven. All right, I could go with top seven. Where do you see Dak? Top ten? Yeah, maybe. Maybe well, where else would you put Dak? Well, I mean, where do you, where do you feel 15. safe? His bottom okay. out is top fifteen. Okay, top fifteen. I'd say he's around 16, the twelfth best in the NFL. Maybe something like that, twelve, thirteen. Yeah. Um, all right, he's I'm paid saying like he's the best, but oh, he's getting paid, but he should. Hey, he's a quarterback of America's team, but we're not going to get on that subject. Yeah. Um, guy, okay, how how where's Alvin Kamara ranked for you at running back? Pretty high. I think he's pretty good. Down probably higher tap. than he it's, it's like, I mean, I'm gonna say you it. think they, you say DeAndre Hopkins had a little bit of a down year last year, people thought. I mean, is he that? Did that hurt what you think about him that much? You know what no, I mean? No, no, I mean, no, no, no. he's still a great player. Yeah, but, but DeAndre, I mean, Hopkins, Kamar is DeAndre really Hopkins. How about this? DeAndre Hopkins had a down year by DeAndre Hopkins standards, but was still an all pro. But, but last year, Kamara had a down year, but he wasn't a pro bowler. That's what I'm saying. That's it's fan voted too, though. I mean, it is fan voted. It is fan voted. But yeah. I, I just think I, I, I don't think you'd ever argue with me that Ezekiel Elliott is not better I think, than. I, I, I don't think I, I, I'm going to look for Kamara to bounce back this year. Okay, he probably will. But I'm I think look for Kamara to bounce back. I think the the Saints have a a top ten a top ten quarterback, a top um a top two wide Michael receiver. Thomas is leagues better than Amari Cooper. Leagues better. But okay, top two wide receiver. And I'd say, I'm going to be honest, he's pro, uh, top 10 running back, top 10 running back. And then you got the Cowboys with a top, let's say, top 12 quarterback, top three running back, and top 10 wide receiver. We could do the averages. We, we and, can, you're you know, at, and you're looking at a top seven QB, the guy with the most receptions all time in a season, and probably the best receiver in football today. Definitely was Offensive Player of the Year. And was it in Alvin Kamara, who is no slouch? He is a beast. He's super versatile, dynamic. He could fit into almost any offense in the NFL. You know what I'm gonna do when 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 we get off this podcast? I'm end up going out and tweeting. I'm I'm gonna see what the latest Madden Madden ratings are on these three guys on each team. No, we're gonna have to go like that. Um, but no, no, I think both both trios are extremely talented. There's some other trios we could probably think of. Yeah. Uh, but but you know I, I think I mean, the not to mention now be- that with Jared Cook in New in New Orleans with them I I like that okay I like that a lot I like that a whole lot too they don't have that tight end presence in in, in uh in Dallas uh, in yeah, Dallas yeah, where Blake yeah, what's his Blake Blake Jarwin I think Blake they just Jarwin. resigned just he's re-signed he's not Jared Cook he's not no 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 absolutely not he's not even in the same um, league that Jared Cook's in but but again you know you're you're a guy that says the Saints trio is the best I'm a guy that says the Dallas Cowboys have the best trio but you know hey we'll see we'll see it they'll they'll all get on the field this year and we'll see what they've got and we'll, we'll decide it again after the season. Saints have definitely been better <laughs> the Saints have been better but I, I lead that to coaching problems um, that's all I'm saying. Get, give Dak Prescott Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper Sean Payton and I think they could do very very well um, 
But any, anyway, guys, um, like I said, they franchise tag Dak. They want to sign him to a longer deal, but it seems they will try to work that contract situation out with him next year. So now we just get to wait another year for the same drama. So anyway, we, I'm not really looking forward to that. I think they should have paid the guy. Maybe, you know, they just sunk $100 million um, into Amari Cooper. Maybe it was money issues, but I think they should have at least tried to get a three-year deal done with Dak Prescott because now there's a chance he walks next year. So we, we'll, we'll see what direction that goes in. Um, guys, but now I want to talk a little bit about the NFL draft segment just a little bit. The NFL draft changes that are coming due to COVID-19, which everyone else knows as the coronavirus. Um, the NFL draft will still be held in Las Vegas April 23rd through the 25th, but it has canceled public events. Um, it will still be a televised event, but no fans will be attending the draft, which makes me ask this question, Bo. Will the players attend the event, or will they all individually be no, drafted? The from players home? are going to be finding it on TV like us, I believe. See, it hasn't come out. They haven't come out with that news yet. Up till up till right now, players are still attending. They can't Fans. have. They can, they're not going to be able to have that many of them in a room. But, well, let's think about it. I, I don't know how the whole draft's going to be laid out. They're already arriving to stage by boat. I, I don't think that, dude. Don't look for any of that to happen. I, I don't. I don't see. But that's my question: Is does that mean the players are now also going to be at home getting drafted? Is Joe Burrow getting I, drafted? I've, I think um, they're going to tell them, especially you're an NFL team. Do you really want your your prized possessions up there potentially risking coronavirus just to find out what team they're on? They're going to get the phone call at home anyway. Exactly. What's you're the right. point? I, why, why, I would never, if I was a GM with a number well, one some pick, of them I would want call. Joe Burrow in a in a bomb shelter somewhere with you know on ice waiting well, for me. I'd be fine with Joe Burrow being out there just in a hazmat suit. I don't care. I mean, something. He better be in a bubble, bubble boy. Yeah, be in a bubble. Okay. I don't. It's, you're you're talking. I mean, you're talking still, to a Cincinnati fan here, man. That, that, that is our our, our savior. That is, you better hope so. Yeah, I better hope so. I think be we're already a long still put three or four years after him if he's not. But also, Bo, talking about draft season. Did you see the uh, Justin Herbert video on Twitter? Where him standing still or standing on two feet, like flat footed and throwing sixty three yards. 65 yards. He threw 65 yards flat-footed. Yeah. from just has the second-strongest arm in the draft. Pure arm strength. Let's put that into uh, the equation. That's only the second-strongest arm in the draft. Jacob Eason probably would have hit 70. So it's not that far behind, but I I do think Jacob Eason still has the most talented arm in the draft. Um, Guys, changes that are coming. strongest arm. Strongest arm. That doesn't mean accuracy adds into that and touch. I'm not going to say talent. I'm going. You're say talking about who can sling it the farthest. I'm taking Jacob Eason in this draft yeah. class, followed closely by Justin Herbert. Yeah. But um, guys, changes that are coming to the Arizona Cardinals draft plans. Arizona was rumored to be possibly selecting a wide receiver in the first round of the NFL draft in April. Clearly, they will not. More most likely won't be doing that anymore. They will now most likely be drafting an offensive tackle to help out with the protection of Kyler Murray in the first round, um, which is a, it's a great year. You know that, Bo. Me and you watch the combine. We we've been doing our research on this. Mm-hmm. It's a great year to select an offensive tackle. I mean, we can name the top four off the top of our head: Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas, Tristan uh, Tristan Wirfs, and Mackie Becton from yeah. Louisville. My prediction is they will select Mackie Becton from Louisville. That is just who I predict. But I think there's going to be a, a around the the tenth pick or so. There's going to be a run on offensive tackles. Yeah, four or five are going to go real quick. They they really really are, I, and a lot of them back to back. 
Yes. So I, I think there's going to be a quick run on offensive tackles. It's a great year to get you, get out there and get you a good offensive tackle. And even some of the bad guys. Bro, you've always told me you're, you're a big fan of the USC offensive tackle, Austin Jackson. Yeah. You like him a whole lot. I'm yeah. a big fan good of Josh athlete. Jones. Uh, yeah, very good athlete. I'm a big fan of Josh Jones, the Houston offensive tackle. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But I, it's a really good year to go out there and get you an offensive tackle if you are needing one. Um, guys, changes for the Indianapolis Colts draft plans. The Colts have traded away the 13th overall pick in the trade for DeForest Buckner. It was looking like the team would have used that pick to select Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. Now they will have to wait until the second round, which is the 34th overall pick, to draft their first player. At now at this point, I think, and you know, I've talked to you about this some, but I think that they will be selecting a cornerback. They'll be selecting the best cornerback available. Are you on with that, or is there another position you could also see them heading? I think you're right. I like I like the cornerback. I think the, that's definitely what they need. The position that needs to be filled the most, I think, for them. It's their desperate need of of some consistency. I think my thing is is I think that it has to be defense. It has mm. got to be defense, one hundred percent. I yeah. don't think that I don't think they have a big enough need to use a pick that early in the um, offense. I, I really I don't know where they could really use that out. Like like I said, maybe they go with T Higgins though. Maybe they go with T Higgins. Me and you were talking about T Higgins just a minute ago, saying that you know he could go there. But I I think they will go corner, um, and then wait even later to draft a wide receiver because like I said, T Y Hilton is still there. Paris Campbell will be healthy this year, so I think cornerback is their number one priority if, if, if not that it, it's it's something on the defense uh because the, the offensive weapons are around and there's plenty of depth in this draft uh on the offensive side of the ball i think a lot more than on the defensive side yeah i absolutely agree with that but what has been your favorite signing so far it is now 12 42 a.m at night um, on Tuesday, it is basically Wednesday now. What has been your favorite? My move favorite so- signing so far. I'm pulling up my little list here that I've been making. Um, me and you were both talking about one. Uh, I think is from a nostalgia point. I really like the uh, Thomas Davis coming out of retirement to go back to Ron Rivera. I think that's pretty cool. I think he's going to help usher in um, some the culture there. And I hate it if I if I took that from you. <laughs> no, I hate, no. It, I hate it if I did. I really do. Um, and then another guy that's going to sound, you know, off the wall a bit. But I'm really happy for uh, Javon Hargrave. He really came out of a nose tackle position to get paid three year, thirty nine million. Uh, it's a it's a gritty position to to earn your bag if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, you're doing you're you're going head up against usually a lot of times you might be dealing with two a center and a guard at you know, at all times, you know, and he and especially in our rotation, he's in a lot of two man sets too, or he's two down linemen and he's dealing with you know five guys up front that, that could potentially you know have their way with him. I mean he he, he held his own. He's getting. He's getting paid, so I, I like. The, I hate that he's leaving Pittsburgh, but I love that Philly's going to get a good player in him, and I think they're going to simplify things for him. And he's going to get. I think he's going to excel. Yeah, I think he's going to excel too. Like you were saying, nose tackle is a position that gets overlooked a lot. It is. And, and it's, and a it's, great it's hard to get to paid. Earn that money. It's hard to get paid at that position, so I am also happy um, for him. What is the best fit that you have seen so far with the recent signings? 
the best fit that I've seen so far. Uh, I would say Teddy Bridgewater uh, in Carolina because apparently he knows the offense already and he's really familiar with the verbiage, the terminology, and to to come in and transition quarterbacks that easy is not always a simple task. And I think they've kind of nailed it with Teddy on that one, especially okay. for the especially for the price that they gave him. What is the now? I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. What is God. the the signing that you you can't wrap your head around the most? The signing I can't wrap my head the, around the, the, the one that you're just kind of confused by. Um, that's tough. That's not a question I expected uh, to hear. To be honest with you, well, like I said, I told you but earlier, man, I got I got love I, keeping you. On I that. did not expect the, the. I didn't expect Cleveland to make Austin Hooper the highest paid tight end in football. Okay, I didn't expect that. I really didn't. I mean, I I didn't think that David Njoku was the end all be all, but also, I really I, did anyone see that coming? I, I just don't think I did. That's a lot. I mean, they I knew he was going to get a lot of money, but I didn't see Cleveland doing it. I just didn't. I didn't either. And and also, I think a lot of people David Njoku guys is a very very athletic tight end. He almost falls into the category of a guy like. Evan Ingram, he came out in the same draft class as OJ Howard. Yeah. But and Joku is just a different player. He's he's a absolute freak of a specimen athletically. Uh coming out of the University of Miami. He was my yeah. number one tight end in that draft class. Chiseled. He it chiseled. He has just been he's just had a lot of rough goings with injuries. And I think scheme too. They never used him the way he should have been used. I think he is yeah. a very, his potential is out, out of the, uh, out of this world. He gets so, stuck doing a lot of dirty work. I can't imagine he is going to stay there. I can't imagine he's going to be the second option on that team. I, I have to imagine he's going to get traded. So we'll see what happens. I think if you sent him somewhere, like if you put him with the Patriots, I think he excels. Yeah, I think he's really because that, that scheme is already already made to really, really target tight ends. Yeah. Obviously, we saw how Gronkowski— if you had just taken him and just swapped him and Hooper, which would have been a terrible deal. Oh, but, like, been, I mean, he'd been good in Atlanta. I think he oh, would have been, been great in Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. I, I firmly agree with that. Now, Bo, now I've got to ask myself the same questions I've asked you. My favorite signing, my favorite signing, what's the best fit, and what's the one that makes me kind of scratch my head the most? So— Let's th- let's think about this for a minute. What which one makes me scratch my head? At the- oh no no, let me do let me do. It. I'm gonna do it in the same order. So my favorite signing, I'm gonna be honest, is probably Byron Jones to the Dolphins. Why? I, I just really like that signing. I think they're bolstering that secondary a whole lot. They just got a, got rid of a guy who I thought was a stud in Rashad Jones at safety. Again, yeah. that's not just because he played Georgia. Uh, I also can have opinions. Sure? Ba- I can also have opinions based on you know them not playing for Georgia or playing for the Bengals. Uh, but Rashad Jones was a really, really it, he had just kind of gotten a, a rocky situation with the um, with uh, a kind of I guess the friendship with the coaches. And things like that. It was a rocky situation. It was getting kind of messy, so he he left house. But I think Byron Jones is such a solid corner, and now you put him opposite field of Xavier Howard, who is also extremely solid. And that's why both of them getting paid so much. They're also they're also getting a guy in there. They're doing this to help replace the Minka Fitzpatrick situation. They just got rid of a really really talented player in the secondary, but now they're still bolstering it, right? Yeah. They they still are, they, and and they also signed Clayton Fagellum 
from the Bengals. They signed him through a three-year deal. I was really hoping the Bengals would keep him because he's a very, very talented uh, safety. Um, he kind of flies under the radar too. But I think this they, they did this because there's still holes in that secondary. I don't see holes anymore. Maybe one of the safety positions, maybe it's slot, but they, they even have guys in there at the slot that, that are going to be able to come in and do do the job. But I, I like Byron Jones. That is that is probably better my, figure the safety position out because I wouldn't say that this draft class is loaded with them. No, it's not. It's not. Um, if they can get their hands on one of the better ones, that would be ridiculous. That would be absolutely ridiculous to see if they're able to do that. But um, I would say Byron Jones is my favorite signing. Um, the best fit, my best fit. So I can't go the same direction you did. I can't go the same direction you did. I would have said Teddy Bridgewater. I would have said Teddy Bridgewater, Carolina. Um, I'm trying to think what is the best fit. I think I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest here. I'm gonna be honest. I think probably the best fit that I know so far, at everything that's happened up to this point, is quite possibly. Hear me out. Hear me out with this. Vic Beasley to the Tennessee Titans. Really. I really, really, truly like that. See, hey guys, I've never it, been that big Even though we didn't talk like about that, guys. Second chance deals. Vic Beasley signed a one-year $7 million. I mean, Vic Beasley, let's look at the rookie year he had, Bo, and you just got this 14, guy for $7 million. Like 14 sacks. Yeah, and you just got him for $7 million. Come on. The one thing, the one thing the Tennessee Titans were missing, I firmly believe, we know how good that secondary is. We know absolutely how good that secondary is. We, we, we just know how good that defense is as a whole. Look at what they were able to shut down the unstoppable Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, right? All right, what they were lacking, they had Harold Landry at edge, and they didn't really have another guy that could come off and create a ton of pressure under, other than Harold Landry. And Harold we'll Landry we'll up to this— We'll see if Vic Beasley can create a ton of pressure, though. We'll see. I why, think that's why he I only got one year seven million— I think Vic Beasley in that, in that system is going to actually excel this contract. I think he's going to rise above this contract and be worth a whole lot more um, after the one year is over. I, th- I like the Vic Beasley um, landing spot. And the one that troubles me the most and the one that I just can't wrap my head around, and we just talked about a minute ago, is the James Bradbury to the New York Giants, where they paid him $45 million. I do not think James Bradbury is worth that money. Absolutely. Totally not at all. Well, that's why he hit the market for it. That's why he hit the market for it. That's the NFL for you. Overpaying people since forever ago. You need some money? Give the Giants a call. Yeah, need some money? Call the Giants. They'll give you a loan. Yeah, they'll help you out. They, they actually, they you, don't even mind you, if you pay it back. They'll to be give honest. you $40 million to get burned. Yeah, they don't mind. And that's what James yeah. Barry is going to do with that $45 million. He's going to come out there and he's going to get burned. I, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I think I think he's going to get torched. Yeah, I'll, I'll he'll, be be a, he'll be a trade candidate in a few years, I think. And I know it sounds kind of messed up, but I just don't see James Bradbury. I don't think he's – I was always – before when they both were um, playing for the Panthers, I was more a fan of Daryl Worley. I really was than okay. James Bradbury. I just do not think he is worth that money, but this is just classic New York Giants. The, the New York Giants, they just get themselves in situations where they get – they just get players that's like a weird fit for the team. And they 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 just act like it fits perfectly. Like like let's think about last year, Leonard Williams. That's such a weird fit for the Giants, but they acted like this was perfect. Yeah, it's, it's, it, I don't know. He doesn't only think he wants to be there either. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I think didn't he try and leave and they're not letting him and they're just tagging him. It's a situation going on. Let's just see it's, that. It's it's definitely a situation. But but I, I just I'm not. 
I'm not for the James Bradbury contract. I'm for him going to the Giants, just not for that kind of money. That's what I can't wrap my head around, guys. Um, but guys, anyway, anyway, we're gonna jump into the uh, last words of the podcast. Any athletes looking for representation and someone that will work hard for them, please contact my man Ramiro Ferrand at Ferrand Sports. Um, I just got off the phone with him yesterday. He called me to tell me that he will be putting out commercials for small school athletes. Um, to have highlights in them. He, he's offering to do commercials and with some small school athletes, highlights in them. So, guys, please contact this man. Do not let this opportunity pass you up. Again, find him at Ferran Sports on Twitter, at F-E-R-R-A-N-D Sports, at Ferran Sports. Follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and visit Blitzalytics.com. Go to the Members tab. Click on Jacob Patterson. Check out the articles that I have written. Check out my profile a little bit. Read a little bit about me. And please be checking it out. Stay on top of um, the site in general. We are going to have all of our top scouting reports coming out soon to let you guys read in depth about all these players that will be getting drafted in April. Bo, go ahead and give them your plugs so they know where to find you, my man. <clears throat> yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter. Uh, is at TSR, that's capital TSR, lowercase B-E-A-U, at TSR Bo. Uh, and I'm on a website called lastwordonprofootball.com. I uh, write on the Steelers section from time to time. You can check me out on there. I usually just post them to my Twitter. So if, you, if you're interested, you can check, it, check that out. Guys, as always, you can go follow me on Twitter at ScoutingLLC. Um, please give me some follows. I'm trying to beat Bo to this trophy. We are having the race to 1,000 followers. Still on waiting Twitter. on my other trophy. No, we already talked about that. You cheat your way into that check, one. Don't cheat your way into this one. Guys, check your other podcast. Again, go follow uh, me. You said <laughs> that there is a trophy. So, uh, Guys, I don't know what this guy's talking about. Please go follow me at uh, Scouting LLC. Two episodes Fo- ago. Follow TSR on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. Give us some likes. Give us some follows. We um, appreciate all of you guys that have been listening. All the support TSR has gotten. I would have never imagined that I would have gotten this much support this fast on the podcast. Uh, be looking out, guys. I've got a player that just took part in the National Scouting Combine in Indy. Gary Ramey from Bridgewater College. He will be um, getting interviewed. I will be interviewing him again to see what the experience was like for him up in Indy and what the event meant to him personally and as an athlete as always guys please keep um listening to us and keep subscribing giving us reviews and staying up to date with the latest football information tell jacob to bring me my trophy <laughs> tell bo to be quiet about it all right guys tsr out peace out you know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pod where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no All that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go Well, I got the dollar, get it, put it in you Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue